What's up, everybody? This is Eve with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. For those of you who don't know, I'm a physical therapist, and this podcast is dedicated to giving you the right health and fitness information that is both practical, actionable, and evidence-based. This is season two of the podcast, and we are so excited. We're going to have a little less interviewing. We're going to do some more topic-based discussions with myself and some of the Made to Move physical therapy and performance team. Maybe have some guest hosts out there. We are so excited for season two. Thank you so much for joining us and supporting us. If you have any questions for me or the crew, just search Healthy Charleston on Instagram or you can reach out to us directly at made to move pt.com that is the number two thanks so much see you soon welcome back everyone to the healthy charleston podcast today i got to meet with beth cosey the founder of bendy brewski yoga beth is a prime example of someone who has had to fully adapt to this current situation that we're in and she is making the absolute best out of it. She's working her butt off. She's completely changed her model, has been working so hard and is so excited about it. We talked about how she founded Bindi Brewski, her journey along the way, her current mindset, things she struggles with and where she hopes to end up, her goals. For anyone listening to this episode, she is offering an awesome deal for new members. I don't want to spoil anything though, so just keep listening. Hope you enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Today I have Beth Cozy, the founder of Bindi Brewski Yoga. So thank you so much for being here. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks, so tell Anna. me a little bit about what you do here in Charleston. What is Bindi Brewski? Well, so Bindi Brewski uh, Yoga started in 2011, and um, it started as a collaboration um, to bring yoga to the brewery floor. Uh, we started Holy City Brewing uh, when they first opened, so they opened up in 2010, uh, Chris Brown, who's the owner, and I were friends. We were working at a pizza joint in Park Circle called Evo, and um, everyone was really interested in practicing yoga. They were asking me questions about how to, you know, help with the shoulder and the back and feet and all that, but I could never get them to come into the yoga studio because mm-hmm. they just didn't feel like that was their scene. Yeah, intimidated a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, almost 10 years ago, it was not, it didn't feel as accessible as it does, you know, today yeah. to a lot of people. So... Um, I couldn't get him to come even if it was free. And then what happened is I started teaching classes to, um, my friends and my coworkers at Evo on Sundays when they were closed. And then that kind of became kind of a drag because we were all having to come back to our workplace. Mm -hmm. And then Chris was like, listen, when I open up the floors of Holly City Brewing, why don't we just transfer over there? And so we did. And what happened really quickly is that it became... A practice that was just for our friends and co-workers and their families and then the word got out and then we launched it on a Monday night and we just and we had a beer tasting afterwards yeah it's perfect it was great yeah. and so it was like 50 60 students oh my gosh every Monday That's a night huge class it was nuts and, and they have the space for it and the breweries a pretty big place. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's when I realized that, you know, breweries are really kind of a cool place to practice because mm-hmm. the floors are wide open, the ceilings yeah. are super tall, the acoustics were good, mm-hmm. um, and it really allowed people who had never practiced yoga, especially men, to come check it out. And that's kind of where I found my niche, and I realized how much I love teaching brand new students mm-hmm. and all different kinds of bodies and structures that... Uh, you know, weren't really connected to their body very well. And uh, we had a great time. And then afterwards, when you're having a sip and a beer afterwards, it leads to more conversation Mm -hmm. about what they're feeling and and, uh, more comfort in their practice. So, yeah, it's been a great ride. And we've had, you know, consistent weekly practices since 2011. And we've had upwards up to six classes a week. Oh, wow. All at breweries? All at different breweries. Yeah, it's a great place because we have so many breweries. Exactly. And it's a great way to, you know, really support them, too, in what they're doing. Have you only ever practiced yoga in a brewery, or did you used to practice in a studio? Yeah, so um, I, uh, my first yoga gig was teaching at, um, on Wentworth, uh, and it was, uh, wasn't an O2 Fitness, what was it? It wasn't, they've changed so many roles, you know, but it was a, it was a gym, 
It's a box gym, and they had um, a yoga studio outside on Wentworth downtown, and then one in Mount Pleasant. And uh, so that was my first time ever teaching yoga was in a gym, which was a lot of athletic bodies, mm-hmm. and um, it was good. It was easier to teach, actually, because people were more in tune with themselves mm-hmm. and knew what they wanted. Uh, and then I've also taught uh, some uh, corporate yoga, so I have a corporate yoga gig, too. So oh, I go nice. into corporate settings and teach in their gyms or around their boardroom tables or in their office spaces. So. Yeah, just kind of anywhere. I yeah. like that. Yeah. So how did you get started in yoga? So I know we talked a little bit and you used to live in Memphis mm-hmm. and then you moved here. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah. So um, I lived in Memphis. Um, that's where I was born and raised. And um, I was a runner. Um I was a swimmer, uh, not much of a yoga community in Memphis then, um, that was 20 years ago, uh, but I did um, find a yoga teacher there right before I was getting ready to leave and move to Charleston, and um, it just knocked my socks off. Like, it really was such a great balance, uh, I had kind of a high-pressure job, and um, the running was great, and the swimming was good, but I needed something a little bit more to work on my breath. So, um, and then I moved. And then when I moved, I started practicing yoga at Holy Cow, which is one of the only yoga studios that, you know, 20 years ago here. Mm-hmm. And um, just fell in love with it. Um, I started practicing from home a lot because I lived out in Hollywood, which is way out in the country. Yeah. And so I was developing a home practice and loving it. And then I found my family and created a family with my husband. And um, I just kind of put all that aside and really just focused on being a stay-at-home mom for a while. Uh, And so really it wasn't after until the pressure and stress of going through a divorce led me back to my yoga practice. And I picked it back up. Um, I've just never let it go. And I've never had the intention on becoming a yoga teacher to make a living because I was the sole support of two kids. and I'd gone back in the in the book business, mm-hmm. and um, then I realized that I was really good at it. Like people were really responding to the classes I was teaching, just kind of like on the side. I was doing it for myself. And then when Bindi Bruski came around by accident, I was like, "Okay, this is I can make this a business." And that's kind of what happened. So I've been teaching full times um, for about ten years now. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's crazy how things turn out, right? Like yeah. the things. Like, I say this on every podcast. The person who's sitting in that chair is always someone who started doing something because they needed it and they loved it, and then they wanted to share it with everyone else. And Mm -hmm. it's like no one really ever plans to be in the teacher role or the coach or the trainer. Absolutely. But when you love it so much that you just want to, like, spread it around, it's kind of like a natural transition. Absolutely. And when I really saw that people were really responding to not just the practice, but um, just kind of what I have to offer. Uh, it just made me feel like, okay, this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And how can I reach more people? It's so, nice reassurance. Yeah. So you started at Holy City, which is in Park Circle, right? Yeah. So okay. uh, they just moved to Park Circle on Aragon before they were at Dorchester Road, which isn't mm-hmm. still in North Charleston. Um, but they were on Dorchester Road for, gosh, eight, eight, seven years, eight years, something like that. And then... What other breweries were you working at? Um, so Ghost Monkey Brewery, and that's uh, Mount Pleasant off of Long Point Road, okay. Wando. Um, we're still there on Saturdays. And then um, we've been at Tradesman Brewing, mm-hmm. uh, and they've moved from James Island to um, kind of the neck area. They're like North Charleston. I passed them on interstate. That's yeah, all they're, yeah, they're kind of in that, that position of like where North Charleston and downtown meet. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so, uh, Tradesmen, they're great. I love those people. And um, we've been, we were at Westbrook a long time ago. We've been at Frothy Beard for a long time. Um, Indigo Reef. Um, so, we're there uh, twice a month now. So, we've been at a lot of different breweries. I'm probably forgetting. And then we've also done um, Edmund's Oast. Mm. And we had a series called Bendy Boozy for a while. That's great. I love that. <laughs> and it was uh, at the distilleries. Um, oh yeah. yeah so we would practice once a month at high wire and it was it was really fun it's kind of a different crowd because yeah. it was um yoga followed by 
a couple of drinks. Like liquor compared <laughs> yeah. to beer. The people that yeah. drink beer versus liquor. Yeah. That's funny. So, but it was, it's been fun. It's yeah. It's been really fun. How did, how did you transition from, let's just start this in Holy City to this like massive full-time job? Yeah. Um, yeah, great question. So, um, when the weekly classes at Holy City were exploding, like I look back now and think, how in the world did I do that? Because 60 students is a lot. And it was just you, right? Like just me. You leading 60 students who were that very were, new to yoga. Yeah. Bringing mats. I always carry mats with me because a lot of students don't have mats. And so yeah. it was, you know, I mean, I carry like maybe 15, 18 mats um, and then, you know, I had students that were doing yoga in some in yoga clothes, a lot in jeans and shorts, car parts. I mean, yeah, I, I can picture that. Definitely. Overalls once. It's really bizarre. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I did have a couple of, um, <clears throat> fellow yoga teachers, uh, come and assist. And so I okay. would just pay them to assist me, which yeah. is just so people felt they were being seen, which is so important, you know? And, um, as the numbers just kept growing and growing and growing. And granted, you know, 10 years ago, nine years ago, there weren't a lot of people doing yoga anywhere but studios. I mean, that was kind of it. There were a lot of studios. Exactly. I mean, or fitness facilities. Like, the way things have blown up in the past 10 years, especially in Charleston. It's nuts. It's like on every corner. It was even before Lululemon was here. Oh. Yeah. So, Lululemon was just, I think they were. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) I know. So, um, so people were really into it and, uh, because there weren't a whole lot of choices, everybody would come. And, um, with that amount of, of classes, I could not, um, I couldn't ask the brewery Holy City to have a second or a third class a week because they were, <laughs> they were Primarily. making beer yeah. and, you know, serving their guests and such. Uh, and so, cause we would always do it like after they, they were closed and they were closed on Mondays. And so we, that's why we had Monday nights at the mm-hmm. time. So, um, <clears throat> Westbrook, uh, uh, Morgan, um, had, was, had been coming to some of our classes mm-hmm. and her, she and her husband own Westbrook. And, uh, so I talked to her and she's like, yeah, so Westbrook was the second and that's really where the logo started. We called it Vindy Brewski Yoga and, um, but I did not have a logo at the time. And so, um, they, because they, they had a really great graphic designer on their staff, on staff there. And so Colin created a logo. He actually came to class and the theme was, um, based around, uh, the remover of obstacles, which is the Ganesh. And I had a, a playlist. We had a lot of music about the Ganesh and so forth. It was lots of fun. MC Yogi. And, uh, he really resonated with it. And so he created this, um, he asked me about the Ganesh and I said, yeah, it's, it's the, one of the Hindu gods, it's, you know, a man's body with an elephant head, and so he researched it, and he created this awesome graphic image, and um, it was a little babarish looking, so we tweaked it, you know, and uh, over the years, it's been tweaked a few times, but once the logo was kind of birthed there, um, that's when it really became like other breweries, people started recognizing it. Mm -hmm. It took off. And anytime I put a playbill up, a sign, they would get... They would get taken. Like, everybody wanted that. I was like, they're putting it in their house, on their refrigerator? I mean, what is going yeah. on? And that's really when lights started to go off and things started to click for me. Like, okay, so it's not just about the practice. It's also about this whole brand. And and so we're going to keep branding it and see who else wants to join us. And lots of breweries, very few have not been open to it, you know. Yeah. And as long as I think that the space and the time, it makes sense and... um they're really friendly and open-minded, which most breweries are. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and it works. Yeah. It's a really cool subset. Yeah. Because like you would never think, oh, I'm going to do yoga and then I'm going to go drink beer until you realize that you could do, like, do yoga and then go drink beer. Who wouldn't want to do that? I know. What a great Saturday morning yeah. thing when yeah. most people are going to drink anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And it's nice because it becomes more where you really can build a community. So, you know, a lot of times when you go to a studio, and I mean, I love a good studio practice. It's very different. Um, you got all your props. It's quiet. It's, you know, I mean, burrito yoga is different. It's not for everyone. Um, but the thing that's so different about it is that in a studio, you have your shavasana, you namaste out, and then you leave, you know, and they lock the doors and everyone's gone. And here it's like, okay, now the doors are open and the community's coming in and yeah, we've got this like little pocket of community and people meet each other 
And over the years, the beautiful thing is that people have made lasting relationships, best friends, husband and wives have met at our class. Wow. Um, it's been really, a really amazing thing. Yeah, it's a full community. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why, that's one of the main reasons that fitness either works or it doesn't. When, it, when you don't have that community, it's just, it's just a workout. And if you don't want to go to work out and you don't have friends there, then it's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you even going? But as mm-hmm. soon as you have a community and you have, like, this is my social hour, I have friends here, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If, if you don't want to work out that day or you don't feel like doing anything, like, you're going to go because it's your community. Absolutely. It's like what people identify with. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the successful studios and gyms are because they've made the community, like, the most important thing. Absolutely. And I think it really shows that you're – that we care about the whole person, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not just like the dollar sign. It's like that really, be, that's really so secondary um, or at the bottom of the list. I mean, it's really about the connections you're making with the people and then watching them connect with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really great. When you first started, what did you charge per class? $10. Wow. $10. Yeah. And that was yoga with a beer. Oh, they got a beer out of it, too? <laughs> yeah. Dang. What a deal. And a brewery, too. I know. Yeah, $10. It was $10 for a long time. Um, but, you know, I just I didn't know. I mean, I think in the very beginning I was charging, like, $5 yeah. or donation only. And then yeah. I was like, okay, we've got to, we got to, this is the business. i got to keep it going, you know? Yeah. And you look at, like, yoga studios charging <clears throat> who knows what. Yeah. Because, like, if you provide enough value, people are going to pay. People are absolutely. You probably noticed that if it was just donation based, like people still paid because mm-hmm. they felt like they wanted to. Exactly. So did you just work it out with the brewery, like yeah. individually? Mm-hmm. And you know, and the breweries are, are great. You know, and there are big, obviously like really large breweries, and then we do mom and pop microbreweries. And so I honor and realize that that's going to be different mm-hmm. for each. Um, <clears throat> the larger breweries and um, big distributions can, you know, they're making so much beer, the cost of their production is less than mm-hmm. someone who's got a microbrewery. And so, um, I just kind of work where the breweries are and, uh, the breweries and I have great relationships where I'm like, you know, I am going to take care of all the things yoga mm-hmm. and make sure that everything is safe and we're insured and the yoga is good and it makes sense. And we, you know, and I'm connecting the community to you. And then you do what you do, which is yeah. make a beer, mm-hmm. tell me, you know, what the price is, all that stuff. And that's why it works is it really is a collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like I am renting a building or a space, you know, like we are, I call all the people that we work with, um, it's our family of brewers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I mean that, you know, I've been to their homes, I know who their children are, um, I care for them, um, we look out for each other. Yeah, it's like not like you're just renting overhead. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely working together. Yeah. So how have things changed in the past two to three years? So, um, gosh, the past two to three years, things have changed a lot. Most recently, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) Um, So let's see, where were you right before COVID? Okay, so... um, Yeah, so before COVID, um, you know, interestingly enough, 2019 was the year that I really felt like I wanted um, things to transition a bit. The model, um, my role in Bindi Brewski, I mean, I've been doing it very full time for a long time, almost nine years. And um, I've had teachers that I've hired and that work at the different breweries um, so I can support them in their yoga journey and I don't have to teach all the classes, etc. But um, the back end of it was becoming uh, larger and I, you know, I, I was moving farther and farther away from the actual connection to the people and the community and the yoga and it was more of the back end, the office work, the paperwork, the business, the business. managing. Yeah. And it was um, kind of a drag and, um, but I, I, so 2019, I was really like, okay, what is it that I want moving forward into this next decade to really let Bindi Brewski be? And um, I kept thinking, well, I want to get it back to its roots, but I also want to really support these yoga teachers who want some good work and help them build their own brands, mm-hmm. you know, through this great community. Um, and I wasn't quite sure how to do it. Uh, part of it, I thought I was going to have to kind of pull back a little bit. We had gotten a little bit of like, 
I'm definitely a yes person. Like, mm-hmm. you want us to come? Yeah, we'll be able to try. Yeah, let's do it. And um, saying yes is because it's taxing and it's not always the right answer. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to have to pull back from some of the breweries that it's just not the right fit. We're like trying to fit a square peg into a yeah. round hole. And um, and beginning in January, um, I was having I had my first three months. I usually, not just with Mindy Brewski, but with my corporate yoga, with the private clients, all of that was the best quarter I've ever had in January my business. January to March. Mm-hmm. Of course it was. And I was yeah. like, wow. Momentum. Like, it's looking be a good. Year. Everyone was pumped about 2020. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, so my plan was to like, I was kind of recruiting someone, kind of we were working about maybe transitioning where they would become the lead, the head of Mindy Brewski Yoga and all the production, the movement of that. And that's what you wanted? Mm-hmm. When you say production, like the behind the scenes? The behind the scenes okay. and then taking over what the, what, I was basically kind of like an allow, let, give them the company and let myself have whatever residuals, you know, um, because I wanted to, I kept wanting to like, how am I going to reach more people? And Bindi Brewski Yoga was not, um, I mean, that was great. And we see thousands and thousands of students a year. It's wonderful. And a lot of them are people that just they Google us. They come in. We they make uh, they make Bindi Brewski a part of their Charleston trip, and yeah. so we meet a lot of people from all over the world. Um, but I really wanted to connect with people like more often. So to really honor all the things that I know how to teach in yoga, I'm very well trained. I've spent a lot of money on you know trainings and workshops and travel, and a 45 minute yoga class in a brewery is not is accessible to a lot of the modalities that I know how to teach. So I was trying to like, how can I do that? How can I do that? Open a studio, open up, you know, what do I do? And, um, then boom, (laughs) (laughs) pandemic. And within, um, so March 17th, uh, yeah, was the last day of our classes. And we had actually, it was the day before the 17th, we were going to have a big St. Patty's Day. We usually go to Edmonds as Brewery. We always do like a themed big yoga oh, party. So fun. So fun. We've done, I mean, we've done it in costumes with Halloween. Yeah. We've done ugly sweater. We've done just all the Valentine's Day yoga. And it, we had to cancel it. And then that was the end of our classes. Like just that. And I was like, oh my gosh, what does this mean? And of course, like all of us, we, we didn't know. And here we are still. Um, but it gave me time to pull back, rest, Mm -hmm. really pull back some layers and really dive into what is this going to feel like if I'm not teaching 12, 15 classes a week? Um, because all my, all of my community classes canceled that I was, that I offer for free. I do that in the spring through the fall. Um, and then corporate classes canceled because they I couldn't you know they were closed they were closed private clients I couldn't a lot of my private clients are are elderly Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't safe so yeah a lot and that's when I realized okay well I've got to pivot quick while I'm thinking about this because I have to generate some income Mm -hmm. for my family and so I started doing like a lot of um of us in the wellness industry is that I started doing zoom and teaching classes from a small studio space in my home. And what that started to build is, hey, I started bringing back my own home practice, um, doing the yoga with them. Because usually when I teach, I just look at the bodies and teach mm-hmm. the bodies. I'm not practicing at the same time, um, which is, the, I think, the best way to teach live. Um uh, for the students' sake, but um, online, you know, it's a different kind of learning for people. And what I realize is that, oh my gosh, a, it's about listening skills, and then I've got to really learn how to teach well to to these little tiny boxes that are lining up on a screen, you know, yeah, and help them feel seen. So, um, so yeah, and it was really rough and not so great in the beginning. And I didn't have equipment. I'm not a techie person. Um, 
But over the course of about mm, five weeks, I really dialed it in and got some things I needed, you know, tech-wise and found my teacher voice in a different way. And the people that were joining were some students. But what surprised me is they they weren't. I thought that all my Bendy Brewski students, mm-hmm. all my private concerts would just be like, yeah, let's jump in. And it was students from the past, students that had moved away, people that lived in Tennessee, families of students who live in California and Florida, and that's who my students were. I was like, oh my gosh. I asked to teach more people, to reach more people, and now here they are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, I have a few questions. Yeah. How did you, so in a yoga class, when someone comes up to you or corrects you, it's kind of like a one-on-one because everything else is very normally like quiet. Mm -hmm. So how did you combat that in a Zoom class? Mm -hmm. Because when you say something, everyone hears it. Yeah. So how, what did your teaching look like? Mm-hmm. Or I guess you still do that. So yeah. how has that changed um, via Zoom? So the way it's changed, and that's really such um, the crux of trying to really teach something and not just instruct, you know, like call out things. Mm-hmm. Up dog, down dog, forward fold, blah, 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 blah. It's like but really being able to teach is exactly that. Like being able to get feedback from your student. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's challenging. And so you have to create space for them to have questions, to get feedback, to practice, and then come back to the mat. And so what I've done is I I started, um, giving, uh, these, um, allowing these rooms, these zoom rooms Mm -hmm. where students can enter into the room. I create a chat they ask me questions. I ask them. I might lead with, okay, this is the theme for the class, or it, what would you like to work on today? Sometimes it's broad like that. Sometimes I'm like, okay, today we're working on um, upper back, shoulders, neck, um, moving to lats and rhomboids. And then they would ask me questions. And then we practice. And then, because the practice have to be, you got to get going. You know, it's a difference. The centering integration has to be faster because people are going to get distracted by being in their home or their office or outside. You got to get going, and the practice have to be shorter um, because an hour for most people on a screen is not. It's mm-hmm. miserable. It's too long, or they get distracted and they leave the shavasana. You know. Yeah. So, um, so that's how it kind of started, and then we practice, and then afterwards, I would say, okay, you can close down your videos, stay in Shavasana for longer, as long as you can, or your seated meditation, or I'm going to pause, I'm going to shut the video off, and if anyone wants to dialogue with me, mm-hmm. I'll be here for as long as you need me to be, okay. and we leave a window. Um, and what I found is that most people didn't, I mean... At the end, their you know their yoga practice was satisfying. I'm hoping you know, and uh, it just you know they just wanted to rest within it. Every now and then, a student would ask a question mm-hmm. about something they experienced in their body. Um, mostly, though, later that afternoon or evening or the next day, I would get a message, and that's where the dialogue would start. And so that is when that coupled with the request from students in Tennessee and elsewhere saying. Beth, thank you so much for this. Please don't let it end. This is now our yoga practice. Don't wow. let this end. Yeah. And so that's when I had this idea of how do we continue this? Mm-hmm. And that's where the membership has started. Um, because it is going to be continual. It's a it's a way to build a consistent practice. Um, and it gives space to virtual space for people to dialogue, to connect with each other through a community and to really dive into their practice. So that's kind of where I am now, um, is building a membership platform for students. Okay, so tell me a little bit about that. What exactly does that mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So I was very fortunate, and I really do, you know, I I really try to, like, um, whenever I'm getting ready to make a pivot or I have a big, you know, question mark Mm -hmm. or there's something to change, I really try to, like, sit with it in my body and think, okay, what is the next step? And I had been working with um, with a coach, a business coach, mm-hmm. for, for another business that doesn't do with yoga. 
And when all this started, when all this happened in March, I had to let her know that I just can't, I have to pull back, yeah. you know, got to start, you know, do all the things to save some money. Mm-hmm. And she was very gracious and great. And of course, and then a couple weeks later, a few weeks later, she sent me an email and said, Beth, I have through certain channels found this guy who's doing these membership sites. He's like the guru of membership sites. And, um, you should check him out. Like immediately something said to me, reach out to Beth. She mm-hmm. might be interested. I don't know. Well, I didn't even really look at it. And then the day of the free trial, um, I was cleaning out emails and there it was. I was like, you know, Carol's great and I should be paying attention to this. So I jumped in and resonated immediately with him, his message, his style of teaching, um, everyone about membership sites. Um, I started thinking about how I could transfer, translate what I was already doing into something better for the students, more consistent, uh, more, uh, uh, you know, where they could really dive in. And I just pulled the trigger. And so I joined his membership site to learn how to create memberships. And that was a five-week program. And I just finished it a a week ago. Oh, congrats. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot. And um, while doing that, deciding on the platform. And I've done that. And I've created a platform. And so, yeah, so Beth Cozy Yoga, the membership, Mm -hmm. has um, officially launched and um, it's it's pretty amazing. And I have to say, I'm really proud of myself because it was, I mean, really working 15-hour days, mm. looking at a screen for forever, reaching out to people to ask questions and get support because I didn't really know what I was doing. I'm not a techie, like I said before, while trying to teach classes. And so, um, so yeah, so the Beth Cozy Yoga membership is up and running and live and launched. And um, we've got um, about 35 members right now. And um, I believe it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. It is my way of offering a sustainable, lifelong yoga practice for students, whether they're brand new, they've never done yoga before. I have a whole beginner's module um, where actually my son, who's 19 oh. and never done yoga, <laughs> ah, um, was my student. And it was really great to be able to teach him, video record it, have him ask questions, and allow people who are beginners to see, to you know, because he's mirroring the experience of a beginner because mm-hmm. he is so it's very authentic Relatable. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um and then we have live classes uh that are six times a week and people drop into those that's a part of the accountability uh then we have um, a private yoga uh, group and that's where we dialogue um we post questions there are assessments within the membership oh. so i know where people are along the path mm-hmm. um and that goes from the very beginning of like, what is your why? Mm-hmm. You know, why do you want this for yourself? It's important to know. And then how do you create your yoga space? What does that need to look like? Um, what are the props and tools you need? How do you use them? Um, these are the basics of Hatha yoga. And I break them down so people can practice them. Um, and then it'll just the modules will will just drip slowly. And my intention is that people will want to stay for their lifetime until eventually they really are tapped into um, the yoga goes with them wherever they are. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's breath work or that inner desire to show up for yourself. Um, you know, all the things that the yoga practice has gifted me. I just want to share it with more people. So do you have... People on your membership site from all around now. Yeah, all so you around. Got what you wanted. I know. You know, it was like, how do I do this? <laughs> Boom, pandemic. Well, now I have to do this. And then it was like, oh wait, this is what I've like. None of us could have ever imagined that everything would be kind of shifted virtual. But it works for so many people that want to reach more people. Mm-hmm. So when you said you you joined this membership site, mm-hmm. you say guru. He was, uh, so his name is Stu McLaren, and he has a, a, he is like the guru, the okay. quintessential guy who teaches people how to launch 
membership sites. Like that's what he's known for. So what is a membership site? So a membership site, and there's many different platforms that you can choose, whether it's WordPress or Teachable. There's lots. I chose Kajabi. Yeah. Um, Kajabi is an all-in-one platform, and it's for people like me who are not very (laughs) techie. Creative, but just don't understand all the things, right? Um, And it basically holds your hand the whole time. Um, So a membership site is um, a platform where you... You join the membership, so you have a username and a password, so you have a login, and you log in. Um, It's got Kajabi. Mine has a mobile app, so you can take it wherever you go. Um, And then you click in, and once you get there, it's like, you know, welcome back, Hannah, and it shows you where you've progressed. You can star things that you like, whether Mm -hmm. you have been working on chaturanga and what's the proper alignment for a good chaturanga or triangle or whatever you've started or you've booked market you can go right back in or you can enter into you can log into your membership site hit one button and boom you're in your live class Oh, because it's got the schedule Mm -hmm. um then we have the yoga treasure chest and that is Mm -hmm. our recordings of all of our classes Oh, and they are they are in a library where they're organized first by month, and then you can search by title, like hips or, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can star or bookmark your favorite practices, um, something that may have resonated with you spiritually or emotionally one day, because there's always a theme to the mm-hmm. class, or maybe a body part. You know, you always got this shoulder issue, so I'm going back to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, so Tapas Yoga is was the first yoga company I ever launched. Tapas Yoga, Tapas means small bites. Um, Not topless. Yeah. I'm sure everyone knows that. She said Tapas. Tapas. Thank you. It's so funny. That's where my kind of my, uh, my Tennessee, my Memphis slang gets in there, a little bit of that drawl. And I've had people, I, I had an email that was um, tapasyoga.beth, and I stopped using it because people kept thinking I was saying topless <laughs> yoga. With that. Yes. Hey, I don't know. It, Whatever works, right? Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure it exists somewhere. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. But um, but that, uh, that company was all about um, small bites of yoga. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know, I kind of brought it back through the membership and so the tapas yoga are these small bites of yoga practices, which are seven to fifteen minutes dedicated to a particular area of the body, um, a particular um, you know theme, whether it's like uh, insomnia or stress mm-hmm. or um, and so that is also a subset within. So you get all of these parts within um, the membership and. One of the great things about it is it's not, it's not like, um, so I had a subscription mm-hmm. to a yoga site that I loved, but it was very, um, the reason I joined it is because I needed someone, I needed, I, there are teachers that I love to practice with that live in California, mm-hmm. that live overseas, um, and I used to travel a lot, but with my kids, I stopped. And so that was a way for me to tap into getting some training through them, okay. step back into my practice, yeah. you know, um, at home. But one of the things I found is that it was very, um, it just didn't have any texture to it. It felt very clinical. And yeah. it didn't really feel like they could see me because they couldn't, right? They were just recordings. Yeah. And although many of the teachers are very good at what they do, very good. Um, it just felt kind of cold. And so with the membership, um, it is a monthly subscription, but with the membership, it's warm, it's fuzzy, you're connected to people, you're connected to me. They have access to you. Absolutely. And um, I hear them. And and there's lots of different ways for them to be heard. Um, And so that's what's really, really great. And it's building, you know, I mean, this membership is for the members. And I'm constantly saying, what do you need? Mm-hmm. What do you, what's not working? What, what's filling up? I don't want you to be overwhelmed. I want this to be concise and clean. Let's, you know, cut some things back. And the members have a voice. And so this membership will evolve as the, the members' needs evolve. And I'm really looking forward to that. I like that a lot that you call it a membership and not a subscription. Mm-hmm. Because I, I agree. The subscription thing is kind of like they charge you every month. 
it's kind of like this passive thing. You're like, oh, I have this. But a membership implies, like, the community part of it. Like, I'm all in. Absolutely. And I think that, along with sustainability thing, it's going to be great because it's like you can you can access it from anywhere mm-hmm. and they get to form this community within themselves and with you and I, like you said with yoga it shouldn't be cold like no one goes to yoga and know it's all about you and your practice but it's also about like your connection with the teacher and with everyone in the room and this whole idea that like we're all connected so for it to be cold is kind of like not the point exactly yeah you're exactly right So how many members do you have right now, and do you have a cap? Like, do you Mm -hmm. want to keep it small? So so right now we have 34 members, Mm -hmm. and um, I'm not ever going to cap it, but I am going to close the membership. Okay. So the way, and that just allows me to really pour into Mm -hmm. the members and get their feedback, make some tweaks, because the marketing side is very time-consuming. Oh my gosh, it's like all of it. It's like what people don't, they're like, oh yeah, they do all this, but like you don't understand 75% of it is marketing. I know. And like as a yoga teacher, did you ever get any of that knowledge taught to you? No. Exactly. No. It's it's so important. Exactly. You're exactly right. So, um, so my, so what I'll do is I will, it's launched here in July Mm -hmm. and then, um, it will close in July, uh, on the 19th will be the 18th of the last day that you can get in and then I'm going to close the membership with a wait list. And so um, I'll relaunch it in January. And so I'm urging students, you know, give it a try. And so that's why I'll, you know, I'll have a trial. And what I'll do for, you know, our listeners yes. here um, is that I'll open it up for 24 hours mm-hmm. um, from the time that um, the podcast airs uh, till the next day. And um, at midnight, and I'll open it up, and I will offer um, a really great deal where you get um, a seven-day trial for a dollar. You can get in there, wow. you, you get everything, yeah. and then you can decide to stay. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that you will want to because it's really great. It's really great. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Thanks. It sounds like this was a lot of work, like because it, you had to record all this stuff, you had to create something that you don't have a lot of experience with. So how, you said 15 hour days, right? Yeah. What was that like? It was really um, so stressful and... It's not like anything else in the world is stressful right now either. Yeah, so I know. It's totally <laughs> fine, yeah. It was nuts. And, you know, my, my son came home from college because he, you know, he had to get out of the dorm. And my daughter wasn't in school because she, schools were closed down. Um, so it was like trying to get all this stuff done in a space with lots of teenagers and dog that barks at the mailman mm-hmm. when he comes and everything. So it was a lot. And I, um, I've never, I've never really worked as hard on anything in my whole life. And I am, I am an entrepreneur. I am a, 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 a business owner. I am a single parent. I mean, I've worked hard. I love to work hard, but this was something I was like, I have to do it quickly. Mm-hmm. I've got to pivot. I got to do the best I can. And I need to give myself some grace. Yeah. I need to realize that it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to get going. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Giving yourself grace. I feel like that's been a huge theme in the past few months mm-hmm. with everybody, you know, with everything going on. It's just like nothing is normal right now, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like South Carolina, we tried to be normal. And so we have this general feel like, oh, everything should be normal, but no one really feels normal. Absolutely. Like nothing that we're doing is normal. I feel like I've struggled with that too. Like just giving myself some, some space to be like, you don't have to be perfect. This isn't like you can be stressed if there's a lot going on. And there's so much going on that I feel like we've just kind of taken as we're just like, oh yeah, like we've gotten used to it. Yes. We're like all wearing masks and not going anywhere and we've kind of accepted it until you take a a step back and you're like, oh wait, whoa, like this is so different than everything we're used to. It's so nuts. And every now and then like I'll, you know, I'll go to Costco and everyone's masked and it's like, and I look around and you're like, this is so bizarre. You know, this is really surreal. And the thing too that you just hit on is that there's this constant underlying current of fear and worry and stress and uncertainty and whether we know it or not 
collectively, this is building and building and building. And we have to have practices like movement Mm -hmm. and stress management and breathing techniques and yoga to help heal ourselves because, you know, we're not, you know, nothing is ever going to go back to the way it was. And that's okay. You know, life doesn't work that way. You know, there's time moves forward, right? There's no ever going back to the way Mm -hmm. things were. Um, But we're not always going to be in this situation. We're not. But I think it's important now to like really take a look at like how, what can I do to make a positive change Mm -hmm. in a situation that I can't completely control and that is really stressful and it's okay. You know, how do you befriend your stress, right? Mm -hmm. How do you really accept it in a way that helps you keep moving forward? Get to know yourself better, know your body better, mm-hmm. stay connected to your community in some way. Um, that's so important. And I hope, hope, hope that people will find a way to connect that way, whether yeah. it's through the membership or something, you know, something. I like that you said pivot because I, I saw this thing a few months ago and it was like kind of a warning like to business owners. Like if you don't pivot, you're not going to last mm-hmm. because this caused everyone to like you either changed or expanded your business either permanently or temporarily or you closed like and you just lost your business and like you said it was like it doesn't have to be perfect but like I have to get this done Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people probably needed that push and like that time sensitive factor because Mm -hmm. you could have all year and you know that turns into two years and three years of like well I want to change my business but if you don't ever feel like it's knocking on your door then I feel like a lot of people accept the way things have always been. Yeah. So I, I, I know a lot of good has come out of this situation, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just, like you said, you look around and you're like, what is going on? Like, what a world <laughs> we live yeah. in. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that it's not just our community. It's not just our country. It's the whole planet. And that in itself is just mind blowing to me. And that we really are so interconnected and, um, and that that's a good thing, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. And I, most people, we all feel the same way. Like we all feel this stress, but then there's people everywhere that just seem out to get each other. You know, it's yeah. like, well, I saw this person and they weren't wearing their mask or mm-hmm. I went to this restaurant and like, like, why are we all out to get each other right now? Like, yeah. We're all dealing with the same thing. No one, I mean, most people do not have malintent. That's right. But I feel like, obviously, this has just become so divisive, Mm -hmm. which is not going to help at all. No, it's not. And the thing, too, is like, yeah, you're right. It's like you, we're all going through this, but we're not all going to respond the same way. I mean, Mm -hmm. we are human beings, and we all have our stories (laughs) and our experiences that are going to affect how we're responding to this. And we just have to remind ourselves of that because we aren't walking in that person's shoes. And, you know, just take good care of yourself in the best way you can. Be open to all the possibilities. Um, and, you know, practice kindness. Practice kindness. <laughs> giving yourself some grace, but also giving everyone else some grace. Absolutely. And realizing that, like you said, everyone has, everyone is experiencing something different. Mm-hmm. For sure. So you mentioned a while ago about your training mm-hmm. and about all the different modalities and the things that you've learned. Can yeah. you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I got I received my first 200-hour training, mm-hmm. uh, my YTT here in Charleston. Okay. Um, uh, Kelly Jean Moore um, and Ashley Bell, um, I'm very proud to say that they were my lead trainers. Um, Ashley Bell for sequencing and um, Kelly Jean, who owns Mission Yoga, uh, downtown, she uh, was the the lead trainer. Uh, went through that program. Uh, went to Asheville right after that because I I love to learn. Like I love classroom settings. I just love you know all that kind of stuff. And uh, so went to Asheville um, to their yoga center, which is excellent. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So good. I mean, they're just they they've been ta- they've been dialed in for a long mm-hmm. time. Asheville there. is that kind of place yeah. for sure. Yeah. And um, went and uh, through a, a couple of different trainings there. Um, yoga is medicine. And then um, a senior yoga, um, a prenatal yoga, 
Uh, I've then um, worked in a hospital setting for a while, so I got to practice those oh, skills, wow. which was really great. I didn't know that was a thing. That's yeah. a great idea. It was really great. I didn't know it was a thing either, and I've really been blessed. It's like um, one of the things about Mindy Bruski is that it connects you with so many mm-hmm. people, and then... I'm a, you know, she, this woman came to me and she's like, I'm one of your yoga students. I don't get to come very often, but I lead this program here at the hospital. And we started talking and that's how that was happened. And it was short, but it was great. It was, yeah. you know, it was nine months or so. And still, to yeah. have that experience, like you said, I don't think it, a lot of people can say that. Yeah. It was, it was so great for me. Um, and then I went off to, it's a, one of my mentors and very good friends, uh, Lynn Talley, uh, she, um, I started working with her. I was one of, I was her first teacher, um, through a corporate yoga program that she runs called Go Interactive Wellness. And so I was going into, I mean, I don't know, seven, 10, uh, different places a week, Monday through Friday. And it was teaching really <laughs> stressed out corporate bodies mm-hmm. and, learning how to teach people really where they are and trying to get as many people to come to the practice without having to put on yoga attire. Mm. Um, through that, I created, um, a, I don't know what you call it, a sequence, a brand called Boardroom Yoga. Mm-hmm. And Boardroom Yoga, it's kind of like a chair yoga, but chair yoga feel, sounds and feels more like a senior yoga yeah. program, you know? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, because we're not always in the chair, but it's a way for them to feel less contained in their body after sitting in a meeting all day mm-hmm. or sitting at their desk all day. Um, and they practice with their lanyards and shoes on and whatever they want, you yeah. know, because some people are like, this is who I am at work. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, some people eventually would take off their shoes, but you know, so that was interesting. And she, um, I did a lot of assisting with her. Uh, she's um, or was on the board of Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy Training, um, which she's been to Japan. She's been all over the world mm-hmm. training. And so I went with her up to Bristol, Vermont, and got to train with Michael Lee, who is the, that's his, he's the founder of Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy. And that was wonderful. And so that was um two-week training program, uh, seven days a week, and it was wonderful. And it's all about um, the skill of listening to your body and letting the poses of yoga kind of emerge. Um, and it is, you know, it's a it's a therapy modality, so you have a, a giver and a receiver is the, what they call. And so practicing being a receiver, practicing being a giver. Mm-hmm. And those, although I did not, I, it's three... Um, three levels of, of training modules and I went through level two mm-hmm. was going to go back for level three and then I realized that I had received everything I needed I, I didn't want to become a certified trainer mm-hmm. but I'm going to take all these skills that I've learned through level one and two and use them in everything I do so um so yeah it's been great um, I've trained with Sarah Powers uh, in Yin Yoga, which is um, yoga for joint mobility oh, and meridians. Yin. I went to a class that's called Yin and Restore, and it was in Texas. And oh my gosh, it was the best thing in the it was world. So yummy! I just like napped in and out. It was great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's great. So, what is your favorite type of yoga to teach? Do you, if you had, even have a favorite? Oh my goodness! You know, um, probably five or six years ago, after that training with Sarah Powers, because I just was like. Oh my, I'm in love with you. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. I've got all of her books, you know, and um, I would say yin. But that was five or six years ago. And now, you know, the more that you, the more you teach, the more you're showing up to the work and how my body has changed. I mean, I'm 51 now. And as I, as the practice has changed in my body, um, I realized that um, my favorite way to teach is just showing up to the people that are in the room. I really teach um, more of a blend of lots of effort, you know. I always add in lots of hollow body and core movement because I realize that that's been missing. People don't realize they've got to engage. They can't just 
stretch. You know, they need that engagement. They have to have an understanding of the depth of their body. Um, but I always add a couple of yin postures in because it yeah. feels so good is to sit in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Just seeing like, what your what your people need mm-hmm. and using all of the experiences you have to, to give that to them. Yeah. So what do you think you struggle with the most as, I just want to say human, because okay. as everything that you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I know. I have to pick one. <laughs> I, yes, we're just going to pick one. Like okay. I said, give yourself some grace. Just one thing. It can be an overarching theme. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, gosh. So I would say that I still um, struggle with discipline. And discipline is such an important thing for consistency and change. And I preach that, teach that, sit with that every single day. And there are, but when I really pull back the layers um, of where I really need to do my work is um, on my own personal discipline. And sometimes it shows up in, um, you know, the discipline of the food choices I make or uh, the hours that I am awake compared to the hours that I'm asleep, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or discipline in, you know, my meditation practice, the discipline in how I'm showing up even as a parent, um, you know, and I feel that we do have to say, you know, you, you do the best you can and a hundred percent today isn't really your hundred percent tomorrow. And I get that. Um, but if I really, you know, the place I feel like I need to work where I know that I can, because I feel like I can do better, um, just as a human being. You're an entrepreneur. Like, you're always going to think that. <laughs> you're always going to want yeah. more. Yeah. And that's so funny to me because I never, I wasn't born someone that felt like an entrepreneur or a leader ever. Mm-hmm. And it's still, it took me a long time to feel comfortable with that voice and that role. Um, and I'm very blessed that that is what yoga has done for me is to um, push me into that role um, and to continue, you know, trying to figure out ways to help more people Mm -hmm. through that. Um, So, yeah. Okay. What do you think, what are you strongest at? Um, That's an easy one. Nice. I like that. Yeah. So my strongest gift is um, connecting others. I have always had that gift and known it. And that can be a connecting, whether it's connecting, you have this problem and I can, I'll find, I know someone who will help you with that. And what that could be anything that could be, I've connected so many people with like, whether it's, you know, uh, through wellness or they need a, a repairman or they need like a place Cupid. to live. Sounds like you played yeah. Cupid for a little bit too. <laughs> exactly. Um, not even intentionally, but br- you know, bringing people, having having space, creating held space for people to make connections. Um, and through that connecting, and something that's connecting people to their bodies or to something that was buried deep inside that needed to be let go or spoken um, or something that needed to be, um, you know, admired and, uh, you know, really pushed out there for everyone to see. So, yeah, I'm just a, I'm a connector. Connector, mm-hmm. yeah. How do you feel yoga has changed in the past 10 years? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> a lot. And I can really only speak, you know, to what I know, which is within this community in Charleston, because um, that's where I've been, a yoga teacher. Um, and it's changed a lot. Um, within 10 years, we've gone from heart, from very few places to yoga, to Everywhere yoga Mm -hmm. and, you know, every style of yoga, yoga and beer, yoga and goats, yoga and cats, yoga yoga and goats. Have you done goat yoga? I have not. I haven't either. You know, and I just don't, that's not my jam. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh. They can stay separate. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they're separate. Mm -hmm. I just don't, I'm not yoga in a petting zoo kind of girl, you know, it's just not my thing. But (laughs) hey, if it brings people together, just do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so just the, the scope of yoga here, um, the presence of, you know, stores that, you know, like Lululemon and Athleta, um, just, you know, you can get yoga gear anywhere. I mean, they got decent yoga gear, like at Walmart and the Target. I know it's nuts. So it's very mainstream. Um, and you know, the, 
you know, within our yoga community, uh, there's a lot of struggle, a lot of struggle. And it's within the are the the community the, the teachers and the roles that we have and you know this kind of sense of scarcity uh which has never been a place i've come from because i don't know i just never i never felt it and i've been blessed um i don't use my mod my model has never been patterned off of anything else mm-hmm. because bendy yoga and beer was the first you know and i'm blessed with that too um good friends of mine who are studios studio owners the best teachers ever and their studio fails you know um and now where we are now lots of studios have closed amazing studios um with brilliant teachers and um it's hard and i think that my hope is that it will be the awareness that a yoga should not be so cheap you know, it's a business, and the best way that we can serve our students is by staying open. And the way we stay open is by paying the bills and paying our teachers. I mean, and charging what you're worth. That's right. Too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I think Amen. that's a, that's going to be a huge shift mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest misconception about yoga? And um, I think the biggest misconception, uh, which has been changing some, which I love is that um, it, yoga is only for a certain body type, mm-hmm. or that yoga is only for women. Um, and I'm very thankful to see that there is this growing diversity within yoga, um, and there needs to be a lot more of it. And as someone, you know, I had kind of this aha moment that just makes me feel like, oh, duh. You know, I always like, okay, I know how to get men to yoga, because there's a beer. There's here. a beer? And that works. And a future wife. That's right. <laughs> so that works. How do I get more color? How do I get African Americans to come to yoga? And we've had some. Absolutely. We've had some students. Um, but not enough. And I had this like aha moment. It's like, Beth, you have to find and recruit an African American yoga teacher. That's the way to do it. You really have to be you have to walk the walk, you know, you can't just be like in the corner praying, Oh, please find me. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, um, and so I think that those doors are opening up too now more and more and more. And, um, yeah, yoga is for every single body. And that is so cliche. People say it all the time. And a lot of people don't believe that. Um, but it is, um, yoga is for anyone, but the lazy, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it is a, it's a, a practice of dedication, uh, but um, but yeah, any it's available for anyone for sure. I like that you said that about wanting more color in the room because I feel like people are so afraid to talk about that. People yeah. are so afraid to talk about that and admit it and admit that they can do something about it. And I think, mm-hmm. like you said, walking the walk, yeah, and not just talking the talk. I think is going to also be like a big change we see after all this, which is great. Yeah. Um, okay, last question. Where do you want to see yourself in two to three years? <sighs> Ideally. Ideally. All right, so in two to three years, I plan, I see myself within, within a big shift. Um, in two years, my daughter will graduate from high school, mm. and I will be an empty nester. Oh, yeah. 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 Do you know where she wants to go yet? Um, she doesn't, but she definitely wants to move out of Charleston. Okay. Yeah, my kids were born here, and they love it, but my son's in Chicago. My yeah. daughter is like wants to move out, and, that. you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and I honor that and, and cheer her on for that. <clears throat> um, the yoga membership will be two to three years in, and I hope that I'm serving, you know, hundreds if not thousands of students monthly and in being able to do that online um i would love to be able to have supported someone who wants to run own develop bendy brewski have its whole next chapter let it live its life um, and let me focus on these members from spain Wow. Yeah, that would be awesome Yeah, to be able to reach all of these people. Yeah. I know, you know. So, yeah, I really, um, I have, you know, large designs for myself and um, for the people that want it too. Mm-hmm. You know, I really want to connect with other people and support them and their dreams and um, whatever that looks like and means for them, uh, whether that's just a sustainable yoga practice or 
a teaching gig or mm-hmm. helping them start their own class or membership or something, I you know I just want to be helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm excited for you. Thank you I'm so much. I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, thank you so very much. Yeah, where yeah. can our followers find you? So um, they can find me at BethCozyYoga.com. BethCozyYoga.com. Are you on Instagram? Uh, I am on Instagram. And we have two handles, um, uh, BethCozyYoga mm-hmm. um, and then Bindi Brewski Yoga. So uh, very different. One is very yeah. focused on the yoga and beer, and the other is more <laughs> on all the things, um, retreats and memberships okay. and um, different just wellness um, uh, you know, practices and applications. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much. This Thank has been awesome. Thank you so awesome. much, Hannah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Healthy Charleston Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, we would love for you to head over to Instagram, search Healthy Charleston, one word, like, follow, comment on today's episode. If you have any questions, comments, if you have possible guests that you want us to bring on, if you have any topics you want us to discuss, reach out there, send us a direct message. We would love some feedback. Also, if you get any extra time, head over to iTunes, give us a rating. Again, put comments there. We love your feedback. Have a phenomenal day.